Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. going on everybody welcome back for another week of the reel down it's your host garrett here uh it's just me tonight jimmy i guess had to work late so uh we're moving on with adam tonight um hope everybody had a good week and good weekend uh weather's starting to shift out here it's starting to definitely starting to move into more fall uh transition fall patterns and fall weather uh, football time i'm excited about that uh Maybe not as excited after this past weekend, but hopefully we'll recover. <clears throat> um, anyways, this week uh, we are covering a pretty special event. It's This event almost never seems to disappoint, and it definitely showed out this past weekend. We have the runner-up and winner from the Susquehanna River event uh, up in Pennsylvania uh, for the 2023 Bassmaster Kayak Series event number five so it's their last event of the season um without further ado we'll go ahead and bring on someone that i'm sure you all are familiar with uh he's been on two or three maybe four times this year uh on on a heater as usual uh mr russ snyders what's up guys what's going on man actually uh i you got a new title now, the 2023 Angler of the Year. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, just from this last weekend at Susky. I'm a big goal of mine to accomplish this year, and uh, glad I was able to capture that title. Yeah, that's that's pretty special. Uh, did you ever think you'd be in Bassmaster Angler of the Year, but in a kayak? <laughs> um, I mean, once I started kayak, once the tournaments came around, I was, I was, I was it's always been a goal, goal of mine. But yeah. <laughs> yeah um it's pretty cool for sure definitely definitely really special yeah that's awesome uh 
I mean, you you don't need really need an introduction in our show, like as as I said. But uh, for anybody that's not familiar with you, get, give us a little rundown about yourself. I've been Kai. My name is Russ Snyder's. I live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, in Pegram, and uh, been fishing kayak tournaments for the last six seven years. He's a he's a hammer, guys. Uh, I mean, it it speaks for you. The results speak for themselves. Uh, with, when it comes to you um and i'm glad to have you on our show uh well, i appreciate you having me on i always enjoy it <laughs> yeah uh but with that we'll bring on josh as our other guest this week the the winner from the event uh, josh how you doing tonight let me take this banner. good man what's up boys how are you doing doing good what's up josh yeah yeah i'm sort of the anti-russ snyders i I don't ever fish tournaments. I don't have any angler of the year national angler of the year titles, <laughs> but I just like to catch smallmouth and I got lucky. So, so yeah. I mean, you went to the perfect place where it seems like uh, <laughs> river event with smallmouth. Uh, yeah. Right up yep, your alley you, then. Susky's my, yeah. Anybody that knows me knows I'm like smallmouth junkie. Um, and the Susky is about, as good as it gets anywhere, man, that, that place is freaking just, it's it's a wonder, it's a wonderland. I mean, really like, like it's just the stuff like you can really go to any part of that river and just look out across the river, dude. And it's like, where do I fish? Like there's just so much stuff. So, well, I mean, since you're already talking about, you want to give a little bit of a breakdown of how the Susky sets up and like, kind of what kind of forage there is there or, and what, what, I mean, obviously targeting smallmouth, but how, like river smallmouth and how, how does that fishery set up, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I've been there. Um, this is my third time this year. It's one of my favorite places to fish. I mean, I, I'm sort of a, I would consider myself like a trophy smallmouth guy. Like I travel around all over the Midwest and, and beyond looking for, huge smallmouth i started the whole like quest for 23 thing if you guys have heard of that um yeah so like yeah. it's my kind of life's goal to catch a 23 inch river smallmouth which i have not done obviously so dude, that's um tough. yeah the the susky's a freaking beast though dude like it's it's one of those rivers that if you haven't been there there's really no words that could do it justice um i mean i've heard it described as like a mile wide and a foot deep, you know, which is pretty damn accurate. Like you can pretty <laughs> much jump out of your kayak and stand anywhere in the river. I mean, it's super. Yeah, like most of the time, most of the rivers that I see around here, at least it's, they're a lot narrower and they're deep. Uh, yeah. I mean, they yeah. got shallow sections and stuff still, but not yeah, like com- that. Completely, completely like it's like a, I would say it's like a huge creek. That's kind of what it reminds me of. It's just like the like shallow, you know, shallow rocky creek. But it has a little bit of everything. It has primary islands. It has this, you know, grass. I don't even, it's like weed islands like popping up everywhere, which that's the coolest part of that river. I don't know about how you feel, Russ, but like the grass islands are freaking Yeah, all the the eel grass, mostly eel grass, a few other different kinds of grass. It's it's a little bit of hydrilla too, way up the West Branch. Yeah, there's tons of islands. There's, you you know, a little bit of wood and definitely a lot of, you know, shoals. Some are are bigger shoals, some are more kind of subtle shoals, but um, 
depending on where you're at the river, at least where I was, it, it was the deepest water I could find was about five feet deep in the two and a half, three mile stretch that I fished, but just so yeah. many places for them to hide and just being how wide it is. It's just so easy to float down the river and, you know, maybe you don't catch anything right where you're at, but if you just moved across a little bit, instead of moving yeah. up and down, you can move across and, you know, come across a, a bunch of fish. And wow. the interesting thing too, is just how much the water color uh, changes depending on where you're at. Most, most of the time, like one side is kind of known as the clear side and then the other side is, is uh, more dirty water and that, um, that dirty water like line kind of sticks around mile stretch like yeah on the same mile stretch instead of moving down the river you just move across and one side of the water clarity changes yeah the water clarity changes drastically which is pretty typical i've only been there's only my second time there but from last time and this time from what i kind of hear that's traditionally kind of how it sets up yeah there's like a there's two like basically there's there's two rivers they they're both the susquehanna but there's a west branch and a north branch yeah and they come together to form the main stem and it runs basically from like Sunbury down through Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. And from what I've been told and what I've seen, the North branch has a lot more, it goes up through like upper state New York and it has a lot more farmland like in it. So like all that typical mud you see is going to be on that side of the river. Normally like that side Run of the river from stays- like pastures and stuff like that. Yeah, it stays dirtier. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Where the West Branch runs through more of like a mountainous area, and then it's it's coming down and clearing up the uh, that side. I call it the highway side and the railroad side because there's a railroad track that basically runs all in the where the North Branch comes in. And uh, a lot of times, yeah, exactly what Russ said. You'll go on one side and it's like chocolate milk, and the other side's got three, four foot of visibility. So it's just a weird dynamic. And I don't, you know, it's weird because. Sometimes the smallmouth like mud, you know, they'll yeah. like that kind of dirty water. Um, I, I don't necessarily try to find clear water, but it's, it makes the puzzle a little more difficult because of that. So is there like a pretty defined like mud line uh, where the, where they kind of meet at, or is it kind of just kind of like... depends on where you're at. It kind of, sh- it kind of changes gradually. Sometimes yeah. a little bit quicker. It's not like a really hard line from what I saw, but uh, that mud line will change. They were released. We had a little bit of rain come through on Saturday, Friday and Saturday. And, uh, and also they released the water. There's a, right after the two rivers merged together, there's at Sunbury, there's a dam uh, there and uh, they released a lot of water from that dam, I guess for the first time this year during the tournament starting Saturday night into Sunday. So that made, even the clear side that dirtied that up even where there was just wow. a very so, narrow area of clear water you have a lot like, of water flow like heavier current on day two then yeah definitely the water came up oh, probably from uh, friday like to saturday it came up a foot yeah, yeah then it came up like another foot on sunday yeah there there's a like there's an inflatable it's the world's largest inflatable dam on that river it's wild they call it mm-hmm. the fiber dam but it's like forms this area called lake augusta which is like right below the where the north and the west branch come together and guys will run like pontoons and prop boats and stuff up there it like creates this little recreational area well they only keep that there during the warm months and they deflate it at the end of the season and the 
the schedule to deflate it's like anybody's guess. I read it was going to happen oh. on October 2nd. Well, literally on 2 o'clock on Saturday, they just started bringing that damn down. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, I had to go back upstream and I don't have a motor. So like, mm-hmm. I was like going back upstream and I was like, geez, my legs are burning. I was like, what is going on? And then I figured out, I was like, oh yeah, they started releasing that, that damn down. Inflatable dam. Yeah, it uh, it was making the trek back up to the truck a lot harder, but um, it's an interesting feature on that river for sure. Yeah, so. that's I mean altogether that sounds like a, a pretty unique river with uh, just how it sets up and all the different features and stuff it has. Um, what what are typically like the main types of forage that you guys see on that river? Uh, like typical river forage, like crawfish and. Crawfish, Helgramites. Uh, I did see some bluegill way up the, the west yep. branch. Um, and I heard there's not. Is there? Sh- I don't believe there's shad in there, right? Probably a lot of like creek chubs and stuff. Yeah. You know that type of. Uh, yeah, a lot of like, like kind of sucker fish and stuff. Yeah, creek fish. yeah. I I don't know what kind Burgers of bait fish are in there. Where I was at, you could see some balls of bait. I don't know exactly what they were, but they were they were definitely some. I don't think they were shad, but um, they were definitely pushing bait where I was at. Mm. Um, I don't know what kind, but I mean that river is like teeming with life. Like there's yeah. stuff yeah. everywhere. everywhere. They they probably eat ducks and turtles and about anything <laughs> they can get their hands on. Rats. I'm sure they're yeah. eating about everything. So because it's so shallow, it just a big diversity of of just life in that river in general so yeah that's pretty cool knives machetes saws and shears multi-tools shovels swords axes spears hatchets and tomahawks if it cuts snips slices or chops midway usa has it find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Um, so going into, you guys, did you guys both get a chance to practice for this event? Uh, mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. I had quite go a bit. Go, I got up there. Into uh, that, how did you decide how to break this fishery down? Uh, did you, either of you have experience on there or did you have an idea where you wanted to start or? I guess I go first. Uh, yeah, I, I've been up there one time before a couple of years ago for the Hobie event. Um, had a good pre-fish for that one, but it, things conditions changed, and I, I didn't do too good come tournament time. <clears throat> and uh, I knew going into I was leading AOI going into this tournament, and uh, still knew there was mathematically there's like four or five people that were still in, in contention, you know, to yeah. to pass pass me up. So I knew. Um, doing the math, I, I knew I needed at least a sixth place or better to to lock it up. 
to make sure that, yeah, I think the guys in contention uh, was Ta um, was Nick Dyer, Greg De Palma, um, uh, Marty Hughes, and Tom Kazmierski. Is that how you, you know, he's a local guy. Is that how you pronounce his last name? I don't know. Uh, I think um, so. That's always how I've said it, at least. Maybe yeah. wrong, but... And uh, so I want to get up there early. I put a lot of time just doing map study and uh, watching videos and stuff. And, um, you know, there, there was one thing I, I kind of want to just bring to attention. There's a lot of just a lot of chatter involved in this tournament, some a little bit of drama and just the typical KBN bullshit that goes on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just surprise, I did want to take <laughs> a court, right? That's what they do. And a lot of times, you know, be honest i have a bit of an issue with how they handle things sometimes they tend to you know we'll tell one little part of the story on something to kind of create this narrative where people come to assumptions on on what happened just by uh, a little piece of the story and um and th this time it was involved around uh around jeff little uh doing a lot of um well he's filming basically we get up there Sunday and uh, Jeff Little filmed with a number of people, including uh, including myself and and Christine. Uh, I got up there. Christine hitched a ride up there with somebody. She needed to borrow a kayak, and so when I got up there, I was I was kind of stuck with her in a way, uh, which I didn't <laughs> mind. She's she's done a lot for me, and she's you know she's a great person, great friend of mine. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, I had to. Um, me and her were, were teamed up together to kind of pre-fish together, and uh, she told me she's like hey we're, we're gonna do some filming with jeff little tomorrow and um you know that whole kind of made me think and i even went to her am i you know i don't know i don't know exactly how i feel about that uh i've kind of made it a point this last month even talking to some friends and stuff to try to really just avoid talking to him he's a good friend of mine i actually wanted to make a bunch of baits for i told him i was gonna make a bunch of baits for him he did me a couple of really nice things so but i said i'm gonna wait until after the tournament to talk to him but yeah <clears throat> but i get up there and uh and she's like yeah we're gonna do some filming and I, I told her you know like well you know if i do well uh and people know i talked to jeff they're gonna come to assumptions that, you know they're gonna try to discredit my accomplishments by saying well jeff little you know showed you everything or or whatever and yeah. Uh, talking to her when we talked about it and he was like, well, anybody Jeff that Little, really knows you, I don't know that. that Jeff Little is a guy. Good. So he's, he's, <laughs> he's a YouTuber that is a local, for those of you who don't know Jeff, he's a, a local angler up there. He's been kayak fishing for, he's, you know, one of the pioneers of kayak fishing really. He's been yeah. doing it for close to 20 years. That's his home water. Uh, he fishes up there a bunch. And he also works for, uh, for Torquedo, he's, which is one of my main sponsors. And, a lot of times before, not just this tournament, but a number of the tournaments, he'll go up there and uh, and film people's pre-fish and film people during the tournament. <clears throat> and yeah, I've seen uh, a couple of the ones he's done for you, like uh, yeah, Kentucky I'm, Lake I'm, one, and there's yeah. one in like Alabama offensive. or something. Uh, yeah, a few times. It's pretty cool uh, footage. Like I like watching dude, them. Dude, he's awesome. He's just an awesome guy in general. He's one of my favorite people. Uh, and I just appreciate any time, you know, somebody's willing to take the time, uh, especially a sponsor or something like that, to take time to go out there and, and film me and edit the stuff. And, um, he's just such a positive influence on the sport of kayak fishing and just the, the, yeah, the stuff sure. yeah, that's out there. And there's probably nobody out there that helps grow the sport as much as him. And, you know, I kind of felt like I, after kind of rationalizing it, I kind of felt like I owed it to him to, 
uh, spend a day out there and, and help promote promote Torquedo and um, and do some filming with him. So uh, yeah, I went out there, did some filming with him and Christine. I said he did uh, bring a, a few rods with him. Mo- majority of the time he was filming, yeah. uh, but a few times I mean, it's he did. It's kind of hard to be out there and not have a rod with. Yeah, him. what other times <laughs> he did? Yeah, the during the tournaments and stuff, like the NC when he filmed me and stuff, he didn't have a, yeah. a rod then. I think during the tournament he filmed Drew, and uh, and he didn't, you know, obviously didn't bring a rod or anything when he was with Drew, but he did bring a rod with us, and he did. Uh, you know, we fished a few areas. Christine kind of picked the spot and we went from, did a downstream to upstream float covered about five miles. And, you know, after we did that float, I already knew right then and there, like, all right, well, I, this is an area I will not be fishing in the tournament. I made a conscious, you know, decision that's because, and anything that he threw, you know, he throw the stuff that he was using and throwing is the same stuff, you know, that he uses in all his videos and everything like that. There's no secrets, no surprises. It's just all, you know, his little crankbait and his top water jerk shad and all that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, come, you know, he posted a couple of videos of me, did a video of me and Christine, put up a couple of reels. And, and next thing you know, everybody's up in arms because uh, they're saying, you know, it's an unfair advantage that he was out there. And like I said, he's not a guide. The rule is, is you can't pre-fish a month before the tournament with a guide. So he is not a guide. He's a local angler. Uh, and that's that's all just like any, you know, be the same as like going into a tackle shop and talking to a guy at a tackle shop that was a local angler or seeing a bass boat out on the water and talking to him. It was a local angler. So, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. So people were upset about it though. And Kind yeah, of, I, mean, uh, I mean, I can I can understand where people. I do. Like I, I understand, and I. It, yeah, and I do. I, I get. I get it. I get why people were upset, um, but um, you know, no rules were broken, and but I feel like I was kind of the center point of the criticism on KBN, and not mm-hmm. just this time, but but a number of times they've they've come out and said things about me that might have been factual, like one little piece of information. Uh, like when I got disqualified for, uh, fishing in a marina that had a sign that I didn't see, you know, but they'll take that and they'll spin it and they'll turn it around. Next thing you know, I have people coming at me saying I'm a cheater or that they're really disappointed in me. And then I have to have conversations with a lot of people that are at times close friends of mine that are misled by what these guys are saying and doing. And that's something that I've been kind of quiet about, but I'm, I'm standing up for myself now. And I'm saying that it's, that it's not okay to do that. It's not okay to try to take down the people like myself or Drew Gregory or Jeff Little, or for that matter, even Chad Hoover. There's a lot of the people that are attacking, but if you start attacking these people, these people, you know, who are big influences on the sport, who are, they're the ones that are help grow in the sport. And if you tear them down, you know, and, and then even the tournament directors, you know, I feel bad for Steve Owens for all the, the, the bullshit he had to, yeah. to deal with. I can't imagine this. how much he's got to deal yeah, with. Yeah, it's like, and that's, you know, a lot of times they do this knowing what the truth is, but knowing that they can take one little piece of something and make a story out of it and create drama and create this narrative, it's going to get ratings, it's going to get views. And it's yeah. it's a really self-centered you know, thing to do just to, to burn other people and tear other people down for their own personal interests and benefits. Um, it's really uh, disheartening and the, the it is trolls that get to uh, dictate like what is out there and it's hard to yeah. combat it once it's already out there. 
It is, yeah. And I'm just out to say that the area I fished was an area that, if anything, Christine helped me. I was pre-fished with Christine. We'd fish. She'd pick a spot a day. I'd pick a spot a day. And really, I owe her a lot of thanks because the area, she didn't tell me at the time, but the area that she she picked to launch out of was the area that uh, that me and her both ended up fishing a tournament. And she gave me an you know, honest chance too. She didn't tell me that that's where she'd been fishing the last number of years and cash checks. And she gave mm. me a fair shot uh, to fish there. And, uh, you know, we fished a few other areas. We both didn't know where we were going to be fishing. And on Friday, I said, hey, this is, I'm going to fish out of this area. And she's like, yeah, it's, it's where I fished the last, you know, three or four years. So I got, you know, we'll share it. And she was really cool about it. And, um, and I, you know, thank her for, for, for doing that and giving me a, sh- a fair chance at it as yeah. well but i fished that area i fished uh i'll tell you about the tournament i fished uh, a mag draft and a nico rig uh mm. first day and um i was like yeah it's a fish a mag draft and a nico rig and before i guess was before it a, i get in a true mag draft or were you yeah using, there's all kinds was, of different styles out yeah there there's nowadays. a so i threw three different colors uh like i said the watercolor changed depending on where you were at so I threw a um, uh, the albino, the white one in the dirty water, uh, mm-hmm. threw the white back, uh, which is kind of that grayish back with the transparent, a little bit of yeah, glitter yeah. in the stained water. And I threw the brownie in the clear water and I threw it on oh. a dot three eighths ounce um, owner beast hook. Weedless, weedless yeah. yeah and i missed i missed a lot of fish too you know it was less yeah, than 50 percent hookup ratio smallmouth hitting that i feel like it's hard to sometimes especially the smallmouth you know up there they have uh, even smaller up north the mouths are even smaller on smallmouth up north yeah. than they are in tennessee so i'd miss especially the first day um i was going to pre-fish and i I knew i saw what the weather conditions were doing i saw that we're going to be getting all this rain and i i made a conscious effort to mark in that three mile stretch once i kind of figured out where i wanted that that was area i wanted to fish i went back last day of pre-fish marked an additional probably 100 waypoints and uh, my goal is just to have as many targets to hit as possible because i knew once the tournament time came around that water was going to rise we're going to get some wind some weather the water is going to dirty up I wouldn't be able to see all those all those little ambush points. So I marked every rock, every little stump or piece mm. of wood or grass line or shoal. Leave a few waypoints on a shoal. Yeah. And uh, come tournament time, I just went I just went directly to each each waypoint and make a few casts on it. Um, and sometimes I'd miss you know I catch one or sometimes it'd be a shoal where it'd be like a few waypoints lined up and make one pass with the swim bait i'd maybe hook one or miss a couple or whatever and then the second pass uh, i'd come out with the uh is it a bang stick a nico rig bang stick hmm. and i uh, picked up my three biggest ones actually on the bang stick on that first day um wow. but um cleaning up with the bang stick yeah and second day man it was i have all the footage too it's on it's i can't wait to see it but uh, second day, I went up to the the spot that I did best on the first day. I kind of hit it in the middle of the day on that first day, but I pulled up there to start on it, and I got 95 inches of smallmouth in 32 mm. minutes, and I lost four you giants. Think that uh, that I saw, I coming... saw that, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Real. That was the best. How, that was insane. I can't wait to see the footage. It's it was really cool. Wow. Uh, and then 95 I had a couple inches updates. in like 30 minutes. 
in 32 minutes. Yeah, it was uh, start at 7 30, it was 8 802, 95 inches. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to start day two. Uh, yeah, and after that, yeah, I just I kept that through that mag. That's the only thing I threw the rest of the day, and I got I think one more 19 and a 20 to call up a little bit. But, um, you know, one other thing, you know, the it was it wasn't I, I talked to Jeff about all that too and after me him and steve and you know we had a big discussion and um for people who think it was just me or christine or drew it was i talked to him he said over 25 people that were competitors over 25 competitors in the tournament uh talked to him and asked for information in the weeks leading up to that tournament so wow. it's and like i said no rules were broken nothing was done wrong nothing you know um yeah in my mind i have no no issue with it i understand how some people you know can look at that and and say you know it's not fair but it's like all right well the next thing that there's been talk of is you know we're gonna make it so you can only pre-fish with other competitors in the tournament and i'm like that's what they do like i'm all right i'm gonna follow the rules i'm gonna you know do whatever they say is is fair and what everybody thinks and like I'm, i'm fine with that but you know you start doing that and then it's like, well, then people can still talk to other people that are non-competitors. So it's going to be, you know, no talking to anybody about information. It's going to be pretty much what the Bassmaster, you know, elite guys have to, and MLF guys have to deal with. Yeah. Which if you guys want to do that, it's fine. But, it, you know, there's a consequence to pay if you're going to do that. And it is going to take some of the fun out of the sport. And it's going to make... True. You know, anytime you go talk, you know, you can't go in a talk, a tackle shop and talk to anybody. You can't, you know. Yeah, that's... And, Go ahead. I'll, I'll give my take kind on that because I, you know, I was on KBN last night, um, and like I don't, I don't have anything against those guys, but I obviously haven't been in a position where I kind of felt attacked. Um, you know, Ryan and Jeff have you know been cool with me, but I did go on there and sort of have to defend myself because apparently somebody sent a DM about where I fished, and then I, dude, I will tell you, like, as someone. Mm. <laughs> I haven't won all, a bunch of these terms. I I've only fished two national tournaments ever. And like it, it, it feels really shitty to feel like someone's trying to discredit your win. And most of the time I don't, you know, I'm not saying it's like those two. Cause I, like I said, I don't have anything against those guys and I enjoy the banter and stuff, but I do think it goes too far at times. But here's the thing. Like, I think some of the guys in that group, their like mission is to kind of just stir the pot and they're uh, fecal agitators is what we call them. Yeah. And I, I think that group is like one of these things we just let people talk and we don't censor them. And I respect that to a certain extent. It's like, Hey, you just let people say whatever, Mm -hmm. but like if there is a, you know, if it goes across the line of like, Hey, we're not just like, we're not just like, you know, we're doing it to stir the pot that's the purpose behind it it's not yeah it's not to like legitimately bring something up and ryan did say it last night on kbn he was like hey if you got a problem like he told the dude that said something about me like oh you got a problem you know go to the tournament director i mean there i read the rules before because i don't fish these all the time i fish local tournaments yeah and i read all the rules and part of the rules there is a protest period there's a way you can go formally protest i mean if you really are concerned about somebody breaking the rules or whatever like there's a process to do it and it's not to go to kbn and dm ryan or jeff like that's not part of the process the process is to like actually because 
Otherwise, you're just shit talking. Like that's the way I look at it. Like you're just shit talking, and you're Pretty trying much. to defame somebody. Yeah, I mean, it's just not. It makes the person. Like I said, that's the first time I've ever. I got a text. You know, I was over at my buddy's house. We were. I host a podcast, Smalley Talk, and yeah. we were getting ready to record a podcast celebrating my win. Then I get that text from Jeff. Is like, hey. You know, we're gonna ask you a couple of questions. Just want to give you a heads up that you know somebody DM'd us about that. I mean, that made me like it. it I I had a bad it night. It brings you down, that. even even though yeah, you I got just had, I like, got pissed one of the off. Highest highs that you can have. Yeah. yeah, so I went on that show like firing on all cylinders. I was like basically telling those guys they could. You know, I'm not gonna say it on here, yeah. but <laughs> I was fired up, dude. <laughs> well, the, the other like, thing that they they said, the other thing I was brought to attention was, um, and like I said, you know what, Ryan, I'll, I'll go, I'll say that Ryan and Jeff, they're they're good podcast hosts. They're entertaining. Yeah. They're knowledgeable. They bring also do a lot of good to the sport and bring a lot of things to light. And that's it's yeah, for sure. And they get a lot of attention. And it's a good show. But the thing is, is you know, ninety percent of it's a good show, and the other ten percent is is really what they get their attention. Their rate, you know, is is stirring the pot and saying, like I said, give it. It's almost they're kind of like the CNN of of kayak fishing, where they'll take one little piece of, of information and sure create this, dude. this narrative. <laughs> I mean, another thing that they, they said was, uh, and they put my name in the mix was uh, Stormy from uh, Dakota Lithium. He's the, the rep for, for Dakota Lithium batteries. Yeah. He went out um, and I had no idea. He went out uh, on a guide trip at the Susquehanna about a couple weeks ago. And they insinuated, you know, it doesn't look good, which maybe it doesn't, but they say, you know, it doesn't look good when you got the Dakota lithium guy going out on guide trips, you know, insinuating that he's giving us a bunch of waypoints. And that's not the case. I haven't talked to Stormy in a month. Yesterday was the first time I talked to him in a month. The first thing I asked is I was getting accused of having waypoints sent to me by Stormy, which is definitely not the case. And I asked Stormy, I'm like, have, did you give any before I talk about this? I want to make sure you did not talk to anybody on our pro staff. And he assured me that he did not talk to a single person uh, giving waypoints. But when you go on a podcast like and try to paint this picture of me that I'm getting waypoints from Stormy and that, um, you know, Jeff Little is the reason why I'm doing well in this tournament. You know, they'll give one little piece of information and let yeah. people make up their own mind of, of what that means. I, um, well, and I, 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 I don't think there's any doubt you're you're a freaking hammer <laughs> yeah i mean i like, know that but it, that's what it i'm saying like you have i have people coming up to me and i hear it from other people you know i talked to christine and she's like yeah my friend she, i won't name people but they're like yeah what's up? i heard russ is like a cheater I already cheats all the time and that's that's what i you know then i have to deal with that and it's like you know i take a lot of pride in 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 just following the rules and and being a good person and my integrity is important to me so when people do things to make people question my integrity like i'm not okay with that especially since like part of your livelihood I'm, I'm not speaking for you on this but maybe part of your livelihood is your sponsors yeah. and yeah your tournament yeah. performance and all that so like when they're dragging your name through the mud like that, that hurts your sponsor. It affects me. It affects me. Yeah, it does. It affects you yeah. in a lot of more ways than just 
your my integrity and reputation is is way more important to me than any tournament wins or any yeah. any of those accomplishments that's the, the most important thing to me and i try to treat other anglers on the water with respect and uh, i make a big deal about that you know and uh, i feel like if a lot of these people that are saying this stuff realize how much time on the water that you spend and how hard you work to get to where you are on in these tournaments then they'd be like okay yeah he's not buying waypoints and doing this kind of he doesn't need to do that from what experience that you whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt at midwayusa.com we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns advanced scent control technologies and weatherproof options to withstand the elements Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Have uh yeah, well, I appreciate I appreciate necessary. you giving me the platform to, to to talk about this and go on a little rant and defend myself. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, well, back to fishing. You, That's over with. Had to say what to I need that. to say. <laughs> right. Well, back to fishing, uh, Josh. I don't, we hadn't heard about your pre-fishing. Uh, we kind of got Russ's pre-fishing and his day one, day two kind of breakdown, but. So give me give yeah. me a, a little bit of a breakdown of how you approach pre-fishing, and uh, then we'll go into like day one and day two. And yeah, sure, man. So I uh, go in there. I I had mentioned I this is the third time I've been there this year. Uh, the other two okay. times I have a jet boat, so I took it was real early spring. We took the jet boat down there and uh, ran around, and that was like spawn pre-spawn time. They were. Um, it caught some both staging and um actually spawning but it was you know that trip didn't do anything from a like pattern standpoint obviously it was in april but yeah what but, when you're on water like that it this especially the spawn it really tells you a lot about like how the river sets up because you start to mm-hmm. see like where fish are coming from and you start to see like okay well they're spawning here they're staging at this creek mouth and like you really what it's doing is i'm making the river like shrink because that river is so freaking huge it's overwhelming and i you know i had been there about a month and a half ago and i 
fished with my dad and my brother. We do like a father son thing. And we were there for, I think we fished three days and I took the kayaking and the jet and we were like, you know, same thing. It's like the pattern didn't really help me much. We did crush him on that trip. Like I, we had 101 inches in three hours one evening. So it was, (laughs) dude, it was wild. (laughs) It was absolutely nuts. Um, freaking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And it was actually similar situation. The river came up. But I think it crested at some barrier at like nine and a half feet or something like that. It came all the way up to 11 feet when we were here. And uh, wow, they got pushed to the banks and that was like game over. But like <laughs> yeah. it was like they, I was catching them around tree trunks. It was that were dry two hours before that. But it wow. was super cool. I mean, 321s on that trip. It was wild. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. but but anyways, I guess that trip kind of like same thing. I'm like, I'm seeing like how this river sets up and really I, that river, you have to break down into sections. Like you can't mm. understand. It really doesn't do you any good to understand like the to- total river. You really just have to break up like a section of it and try yeah. to understand like, all right, where are they? Where are they spawning? Where are they wintering? Where, you know, where are they moving to in the fall? The, this tournament, it was like, early to mid fall which is can be really tricky on a river yeah because like when you think of like fall like as a like you're entrenched in the fall like you know everybody says they're wolf pack and they weren't doing that like i i didn't really see a bunch of fish trailing when i was catching fish like they weren't like i don't see that kind of activity until like november uh yeah almost early december is when i start seeing a lot of that stuff but yeah the water temps was still were still like 70 when i got there it did drop Uh, because we had a cold front come through i I think that was probably around you know low 60s where i was at um by the time i left but uh there definitely wasn't this like oh man they're in fall patterns because you can really hammer them when they do that yeah um so it was kind of a weird thing. I was like, I don't really know what we're going to find when we go there, but I had marked a couple spots that I had actually never fished the spot that I wanted on, which was like a very super small. I fished a hundred yard stretch of river for two days. Like I didn't leave it. I stayed in one particular area. I'd never even been there, but it was kind of one of those things like back in the spring, somebody made a comment like, Oh, that, area fish is really good in the fall so i was like well i'll go check that out and kind of see what you know what's cracking there so i yeah i went there on thursday i got there wednesday night and i didn't get a chance to fish on wednesday i got there too late but i get up thursday like first thing by myself i have a i trek like hobie i11 so okay. i can just car top it and yeah. throw it in and i went down the spot and i caught two 20s and a 19 in like 45 minutes and like wow. it was the my first like spot I was like wanted to go check out and I was like oh wow like this is like big fish here um yeah and I I was like I'm not gonna fish it anymore I left there was actually quite a few guys around that area fishing but I didn't see anybody on that particular spot that I wanted to fish hmm. so I was like well you know that's where I'm gonna go and at least on day one and kind of see what happens what do you um, think made that spot? such a good spot for the fall um so theoretically speaking and this is me trying to understand what the fish are thinking which is you know sometimes not always what actually they're thinking but uh 
um, it it's sort of like a pinch point, and there's not really anything else around there that would hold fish. And there was like bait up there. They were pushing bait into this pitch, pinch point, and like what ended up playing out is like what I thought is you would have these fish, like big fish, and th- this is what I was getting at is like the fall time is the same thing that happens the rest of the year. Like the big alphas, and I'm not even talking about 18s. I'm talking like 19 half, 20s, 21s. They always do things first. So like spawn, like if you want to catch big spawning fish, like you fish like a month, three weeks before you would think like traditionally that you're going to think of spawn. Same thing pre-spawn. Like if you think pre-spawns like, you know, like mid March, early April, you need to be fishing the end of February. Like that's usually what I found like the big, big fish do things first before the other ones. And from what I like putting the puzzle piece together, this was like a spot, a fall spot where all the traditional fall fish hadn't got there yet. It was just like giants that were there and they were kind of doing the fall feed thing, but it wasn't very many. It was like, I mean, I said it in the awards. I caught eight fish on Saturday and nine on Sunday. So you like, catch a was muskie like, too, right? Yeah. Talk about that muskie story. That oh, yeah. That, that was <laughs> wild. Um, but yeah, like it, as far as pre-fishing goes, like I found those fish and I left that area and I was like, I'm going to fun fish the rest of the time. Like I wanted to just go <laughs> out and have fun. Like I wasn't really pre-fishing like because I knew what I was going to do. And, yeah. you know, day one russ knows like day one kind of dictates the way you fish that tournament like if you go and hammer them on day one then you're kind of like all right i got something here yeah yeah but you have to start somewhere you got to have some sort of like game plan to get start and then a lot of times you you know you'll just kind of like let the fish dictate what you do the rest of the day and then you can kind of like figure it out from there and i just happened to go there on day one and just what i saw in, in practice ended up you know, happening during the tournament. So that was sort of, I guess, just to wrap up the practice. That's, I actually had caught another 20 in a complete 30 minutes down the river on, oh, man. on practice day too. And then the, the second day I went way up on the North branch just to like check it out. Cause I'd never been up there and I caught like two 18s and a 19 and about 112 inch fish. That <laughs> was like full yeah. of dinks, but um but yeah, the that that was kind of my practice. So I kind of knew like, all right, man, I'm going back to this spot and I'm gonna like sit on it and see what happens. That was kind of the way I did you practice. develop any kind of pattern per se on this spot, or were you just kind of like cycling through different types of baits to try to get um... Yeah. I caught them different stuff on in practice than I did during the tournament. I caught uh one I'm I throw like a nose hook fluke that's like my favorite thing to throw it's super versatile i throw it a lot um guys like locally here it's called the shrink over egg like it's just what like i throw it a ton and i use it a little bit different than a lot of people use it um but i caught two on that and then one on like i think a little flat-sided crankbait Um, i was throwing like bait fish imitating type stuff like that's what i was focusing on i i wasn't throwing anything crawfish imitating but i went into the tournament like i didn't really know what i was gonna catch them on um and i actually went to the tournament we got a bunch of rain up i stayed way up like our house was on the north branch 
and it yeah. we got rain we got hammered with rain so when i got there one side of the river there was a creek kind of coming in one side of the river was like chocolate milk like two inches of visibility and the other side was clear and i caught all my fish in the clear water on the first mm. day so i threw a little bit of everything i don't know if you want me to go into day one but i can yeah go, you go for to. it um on day mm -hmm. one i go down the spot and i'm like i'm over in the clear water i'm there for two hours there was a guy a one guy that came up there and caught a fish and then left and then i was fishing this clear water and i wasn't really i wasn't getting any bites and you know you go two hours in the first two hours of the tournament and not get a bite and you're like kind of relegating yourself to this like small spot i was starting to sweat stressful, yeah yeah I was starting to sweat a little bit and guys had you know, kind of heard like guys were catching them on swim baits. I heard that like several people were like, yeah, we cut, catch them on mag drafts and stuff. Well, I had a, a bullshit I tied on the night before and I was like, well, I'll just throw this bullshit. So, and it, yeah. that was like what I was catching them on. I caught four pretty quick. I think I had four by 1030. Wow. And um, what size bullshit are you throwing? <clears throat> like the, six the baby bullshit or the six inch? Yeah, six inch resin bullshit. I was okay. like full size. Um, nice. Yeah, so I end up catching four on that by ten thirty. Um, so that's three hours wow. in tournament. I got four fish, and one of them was like a seventeen three quarters, which I knew was not going to cut it. But um, I was like, you know, whatever. It's a filler fish. And then that's, that's what crazy Russ was, that a seventeen yeah. and a quarter is not going to cut it on this one. On this oh yeah, dude. I knew that was that was a trash fish. <laughs> I got to get rid of that. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I hooked into that musky i thought it was a flathead at first because there's like a bunch of catfish up in that spot and okay. uh, i hooked into that and this musky dude freaking absolute giant biggest musky i've ever seen what? in person like dude. it's like i mean it was a massive dude and i'm gonna keep in mind i'm in an inflatable yeah does that thing them. just like spinning <laughs> you around in circles uh it didn't spin me, but I like I pressed my button on my reel and just like letting it run, and then but yeah. it kept jumping, it kept coming out, and it was like I've I've caught a handful of musky in my life, I've never seen one jump like vertical like that, like it was like like tail walking, what? and it was like every time it'd take your breath away because it was just so big, <laughs> yeah. and I was like there was a little scrub island like behind me, and I was trying to like you know pedal back to like kind of let it wear out and just drag it up on that island and get my yeah. swim bait back and it inevitably jumped and got my line wrapped around its gill plate i think that's what happened and it just cut oh, me no. off um no. so, so you lost your bullshad and i lost and my bullshad yeah four fish really with one that i definitely needed to cull and so and i'd only gotten four bites all day like that's all i'd gotten so i and went then through you just my lost your bait that you're catching everything on. Yeah, which you know sometimes it doesn't matter. That particular time, I was like, it shattered my confidence. I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, this is not good. Like, especially I was like, like that kind of sucks to you losing like a trophy muskie like that. I didn't care about the muskie, dude. <laughs> I just <laughs> wanted that, that bullshit, bullshit. back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't care about the muskie. I was like, I don't even know if I'm gonna take a picture of this thing. I just want my bullshit back. So. <laughs> Yeah. I um so I ended up um fishing for two hours without a bite and I went through my I have this little I don't fish swim baits do you but I had that box with me because I'd heard swim baits were kind of hot 
at that tournament yeah. and i i pull it out and i'm like digging through there i had like a s big s waiver i threw that i threw a couple other things i could not get a bite dude and i was like starting to spin out like i was like oh man really i was going yeah. through all these scenarios in my head like if i don't catch five fish today i'm just gonna go home dude like i'm <laughs> like i'm not like i'm not gonna sit here with four fish like there's no way i'm gonna you know do yeah, not, well. not so, in this not the way that this event set up at least like yeah four fish is not even getting you're not even gonna have a chance at this one yeah so i end up i i kind of gathered myself i went over to that island i got a drink ate a little snack and then i went through that box and i saw that um it's i actually have it right here it's mag slow um i don't know what color that is it's like a did you um, leave the feather on i did yeah yeah i wow. left the feather on um and i tied it on and went back to that spot in like the third cast dude i wrecked like a 19 and a half and that was my fifth fish and i specifically remember having it in my net and like going back to the eye because i was measuring all my fish on that little island so because that i-11 dude they could flop off like super oh, easily yeah, so sure. um so i'm like pedaling back there to the island and i remember just like it was like the weight of the world just like got lifted off my shoulders dude i <laughs> exhaled and i was like this is like the most relief i felt in a long time um so I, I did that and then I ended up going back to the spot and I caught like two or three more and cold both of those. And I think yeah. I had 90, 96 and a quarter that first day. So I knew what I didn't upload any fish till I had five. I didn't look at the leaderboard. I had no idea what anybody was doing. And as soon as I did, my wife texted me. She's like, Oh my God, you're in the lead. And um, yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, shut up. <laughs> I just need to freaking <laughs> concentrate here. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I, I felt good after that was my day one though. So yeah, so, yeah, I mean you and a ton of other people smashed them on day one. You had like I'm trying to go down the leaderboard here, twelfth place still. Drew had ninety inches still, all the way down to like what does eighty five inches get you? Thirty something place. Like eighty five yeah. inches is usually a good day, and that's way down there. Uh, I mean not super far, but still in this event, like top 25% of the field had 80 something inches or better. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It doesn't surprise me. So. Healthy fishery. Uh, lots of big fish caught. Uh, so going into day two, you had the lead going into day two. And yeah, Russ, day two. You sitting at? Day two. Russ, you're sitting in fifth day two. Um, yep. I saw you there, bud. So. Yeah. Um, well, do you want to talk about your day one, Russ? Sorry, man. I'm not trying. Oh, story. you did. Okay, got you. Yeah. you talk, talk about day two, then, dude. So, sorry, you did day two. Hold on, everybody's dying. You guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. Okay. Yeah, day two is that second. The first day was when I was throwing the mag draft and then following it up with the Nico rig, okay. and then second day was when I had that crazy morning where I got. 95 oh, yeah, inches yeah. and then 32 minutes and yeah, oh, I just yeah. stuck with that mag draft and got uh the water came up a lot that's when they released the water out of the dam yeah. it was like saturday afternoon so that water yep. came way up and uh and i mean they they loved it yeah I mean, <laughs> some yeah, areas were tough though it wasn't 
it, I had to definitely make some adjustments. Some of the areas were blown out where I was, where it's just too muddy. It got muddier and muddier throughout the day. So I, I had to make a couple big runs and fish some newer stuff. I'm glad, you know, during pre-fish, the river's so wide. I zigzag just back and forth everywhere. I wanted to have every single target possible in that like two and a half mile stretch. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't too focused on the really clear water, even, but I knew I'm glad I marked all the areas that were in that clear water. I was focusing more like pre-fishing the stained water side or the muddy water side was really just stained. It was like perfect watercolor. So that was like optimal. But then once all the, the rain and the water came up, all that area got like chocolate milk. And mm -hmm. then all the area that was clear then got, that was more the optimal stuff where it was stained. So I'm really glad I, I marked so many areas and that stuff. Cause even though I didn't think I was going to fish it, I ended up having to fish a lot of that stuff on that second day. <laughs> How do you uh, how do you manage that many waypoints? Like, do you have them all marked as different stuff? I wish you... I did going into it because I, as I was out there fishing, that's like the first thing that, I'm like, shit, I should have took a little more time and marked. <laughs> okay, this is a boulder. This is a laydown. This is that's a shoal. I, I this is a grass line. It's like, what did I what did I use this? I did, yeah. Like Sometimes I will. A lot of most times I do do that, but I was just marking so many and doing it so quick that I didn't take the time to like do each one of them yeah I, I guess i thought i'd remember for some reason but <laughs> i know a few of them i'd have an idea i'd see a little you know ripple in the water where, or it was a line of waypoints where i can tell it was a shoal or it yeah. was like in between the islands you know you'd have grass and it you know then there'd be like a defined grass line so i'd mark a few waypoints and i'd say okay this is a grass line just because of the direction it's going or where it's setting up mm uh yeah. but other things I, I didn't know i didn't know what i was Start throwing casting at. at it and like i just tried it, it out yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh, i i saw that same kind of same thing on day two that it was like you know i said that one side of the river was like chocolate milk where that creek was coming in from the rain yeah and then that like mud started to creep like all the way across, across. the river yeah and like I already had my all my fish at that point, but I just knew like day two, I was like, well, like whatever I was doing today is probably not gonna work because Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Like, that they're not going to be able to see the stuff I was throwing as well. I It was muddy. and like it, Actually, when I got off the river, it was super muddy. On Saturday? First day? Yeah, it got really muddy. Like, when I got off the river, like, 
the, like where I launched the, like, I couldn't even like see the rocks like right under the water. And I was like, Oh man, this is going to be real bad. And then when I got back the next morning, it actually cleared up some. Really? So oh, wow. yeah, it had cleared yeah. up. I mean, you can kind of tell I'm like up further than you. Cause it was like stuff was happening before. And then that was like yeah. starting to happen. So I was like, when I got in my truck, um, on the like i do like a little tournament diary for our podcast and i was recording i was i record like on the way to the tournament you know during practice before day one before day two i was like recording before day two and i was like man i just want to when it gets light enough i want to get out there and see if i can see my boot in the water because like if i can't see my boot in the water like it's gonna like really be tough because i have confidence in muddy water but if it gets to a certain point where it's like real muddy where it's like two inches of visibility it's Mm -hmm. like you can still catch fish but you just have to put it so close to their face that it's just really really tough to like depend on any sort of bite and especially i feel like with smallmouth where a lot of the times they're visual yeah very visual yeah but i got there and i I was wearing waders that morning because I was cold as shit the day before. So I, yeah, I put waders on and had under armor and crap on. So I was like, I'm not going to be cold today. Um, and I, I put my boot in the water and it was like barely light enough to kind of make out the depth and I could see my boot. And I was like, all right, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be okay today. Um, but I threw a, a jackhammer literally all day on day two. I went back the same area and like just hammered the absolute shit out of it and um threw a thousand yeah. casts with that jackhammer and what color i did uh i have it right here it's like uh like black and red oh cool yeah nice. that's what like, jody was throwing a black one too that's adjustment he yeah. made on the second day that's smart huh. yep if it's cool. muddy that's kind of my like go-to i'll throw like black and blue black and red like something dark but stay it's not super muddy you know then i go with like a white and chartreuse sometimes but if it gets yeah. too much sometimes it gets even too muddy for that and then you got to go with that black right yeah yeah, yeah. Have you guys mess around like... with the big bladed one at all like for mm-hmm. that super muddy water i have not i have not. some but i've I think I've thrown it once. I don't. The jackhammer is just so damn good, dude. Yeah, like, it's good as as it is. But. Yeah, I just I can't get away from a jackhammer. So um, I'll throw the mini max if it's a little bit, you know, got a little bit more clarity. But yeah, um, and that handles really similar to a jackhammer. It's just like a tiny jackhammer. But yeah, um, that, but that yeah, big I, one. If you throw that one, it like moves my rod tip around <laughs> yeah like, yeah that thing's, they, uh, that, that thing's got some thump to it i didn't used to throw jackhammers um up until maybe like two years ago i was always a big um single bladed colorado guy like when it was muddy like i would always throw a single blade i used to throw an accent single bladed uh, spinnerbait and that was like yeah. i've won a lot of tournaments on that like locally um when it's like stained but dude i've everybody was always talks about that jackhammer 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 and like i was like man i need to start throwing that and i started throwing it a couple years ago and i was like oh, oh i see why like you yeah, throw that it's... black and red one a lot i've thrown black and blue i can't say i throw a lot of black i, I love black and red buzz bait uh, but i've yeah. never yeah. thrown a black and red jackhammer but it looks pretty sweet yeah I, I throw that a decent amount i mean i have i don't know that like color for me is like dark i i see colors dark. of more like yeah, dark, dark and light, light like yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah or transparent there's like three things like trans transparent 
like solid dark, or know. dark. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the way I classify colors. I mean, some guys now I have seen it. I swear to God, I've been on trips where it's like yeah. I have this like, very this specific, specific color. Yeah. yeah and the, my buddy's that. not catching anything and he's, he doesn't have the. So I'm like, I don't know if that's the true in like clear water where color is like super important. Dirty water, I think it's more. To, honestly, the jackhammer is good because it the vibration it puts out like yeah. in it. The when you start reeling a jackhammer in it, like immediately starts thumping. Whereas like some of those other chatterbaits, they they won't right away. So I think you that's like what makes pop them and do that kind of stuff. Too. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. But I threw that thing all day. I had, um, I did my very first fish on day two. I um, I hooked into it like twenty minutes after I got there. Snapped it off like braid. I thought it was a musky, uh, another musky, and then yeah. like. Five seconds later, this like 20 inch, 21 inch smallmouth comes up next to my boat and jumps with my jackhammer hanging out of its mouth. Dude, um, so, sucks. yeah. And, you know, knowing that I only got eight bites a day before, I was like, that's how you started is... day two. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was. Um, was. And then I, frustrating. Uh, yeah, I smoked an 18 and a half and a 20 and a half the next two casts, though. So it was like, I was like, boom, boom. And then I, Went over to it's like a couple of little spots within this area. I went over to the other spot and smoked three of them. Like I had five fish before nine, so wow. I was like way better than the day before. I was like, yeah, this is, but it was kind of the inverse. Now I'm like, I already have my limit. Now I was gonna stare at the leaderboard and yeah. uh, make sure Russ doesn't come up and beat me. So um, <laughs> that's always I was like, the daunting when you get Russ behind you. Yeah, I said Creeping I was kind of, I was over in the corner, uh, like kind of fishing this spot, and I was like, it was before I had two, I think I had two, um, at that point, and I looked at the leaderboard and saw, or no, I had five, yeah, I had five, I, I had like an inch and a half lead on you, I think is what it was, and I, audibly, I was like, all right, Russ, let's bang it out, and then I was like, well, that was really gay, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah uh and i end up upgrading i caught i only caught two more fish scoreable fish that day though i caught a 19 and a half and a 19 and a quarter i think the other two fish i, I mean, caught and as long as you're getting the right bites that's all that's all that matters yeah uh, it was wild but i knew when that river came up i i was like dude guys are going to be absolutely crushing them like I knew oh, yeah. when that flow came up, I was like, dude, they're going to be stacked up on the front of those islands, busting bait. Like your guys are going to be throwing anything they want up there and they're going to catch 18s, 19s. Um, and I, you know, there's a, some huge limits on day two. You could tell it was like the day two bite was like those fish were like feeding big time. So, um, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, you had, uh, on day two so we talked about day one like 90 inches had you in top what was it 16 or something like that now 90 inches yeah. is top 12 on day yeah. two 90 inches had you in 23rd place 23 Holy people shit. got over 90 inches on day two yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah that's what i was saying dude and on the susky though man yeah, when you're on the susky wild. and it's on dude you can but catch 90 yeah. inches with your eyes closed like, but even the like, locals, you know, even the locals were, were saying, dude, it's on fire right now. Yeah. Like the time we got pretty lucky with 
the time. I mean, other the other tournaments, Susky tournaments were, you know, about average. It sounded like it's still good, but it was yeah, like dude, we, na- this... we nailed it like this time. Oh, like yeah. it, it's as good as it gets. I, I like best, know, I best like week of smallmouth fishing in, of my uh, life. That was the in best. The fall. In winter, <laughs> fall and winter on the rivers is like what I like. Yeah. Oh, I love winter fishing. Yeah. That's, I tell you, there's like, oh man, but he fell off. There. If there's no, we'll one thing. Yeah, if if there's one thing though that I feel like like has made me uh, a lot better angler is I do fish a lot in the wintertime and I've gotten yeah. pretty good at it because like the wintertime is such a like it tells you so much about the the fishery like because it's the big fish like are migrating in it that's the starting point for pre spawn like yeah. When, when you find them in the wintertime, you're like, oh, this is where they come from. They come from this spot and they move into the pre-spawn and then they go, you know, to their spawn and then their post-spawn is the suckiest time. Obviously, that's like, you know, I hate post-spawn. But, yeah. and then they go into their kind of summer, you know, from there they go into their kind of summer, like, patterns and, you know, like the wintertime thing. Yeah, you're on. Good. Yeah, we got you back. Am I, am I okay? Um, okay, I had to go to my iPad. Yeah, yeah. It works. My phone died. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the no. the the wintertime thing though, dude, it's like <laughs> made me much better angler of the last probably eight or nine years. I fish year round. Like I fished, you know, through, and I catch my biggest fish of the year by far, like around Christmas. Yeah, it's like my for me. It's usually like, around like at least on the rivers. Uh, it's around like January and February is when I start catching like the biggest smallmouth and stuff that I, that I'll find all year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's cool that you do that though, man. Cause that's like, there's not a lot of people that'll, there's not a lot of people that'll go out when it's, you know, 20 degrees out and, you know, well, snowing I mean, in, and... uh, in Tennessee, it's not as bad. as <laughs> Okay. All right. so <laughs> it'll be uh, like, you'll still get those days where it's like 40, 50 degrees in the winter in February and uh, yeah. January. Uh, and it's not as bad to to be out in that. Uh, Your mic's out, still... Russ. We can't hear you, bud. Yeah, I think you just said, "Oh shit!" <laughs> it's an <laughs> yeah. iPad, brother. Yeah, yeah. You we'll give him a that. little bit to uh, for his phone to charge. Uh, yeah, before we get to the end here. Uh, yeah, but uh, anyways, yeah, fishing in the well, like I should just the, talk the a bunch of shit. Lot about russ right now he can't talk back yeah. so <laughs> now he uh, doesn't have a chance to defend himself <laughs> i know you can hear me <laughs> yeah. uh you just start flipping me off dude we can understand that language um but <laughs> yeah uh d- yeah to be honest though, man it was like I-, I will take this opportunity to talk about like just the outcome of that tournament because i'm extremely humbled to have won that thing like as a guy who just doesn't do national tournaments it's obviously special for me like from from a lot of angles man like yeah, i'm a no small mouth guy i won you know the kind of in my opinion the coolest like small mouth destination tournament that that's the kayak series goes on you know it was a bass master tournament and then i got to beat guys like russ dude like yeah you know the freaking Mike established I, hang hammers yeah mike iconelli's in this freaking tournament my call my dad afterwards and he was like or as after day one and he was like holy crap dude you're beating mike iconelli which you know 
yeah. I'm like, yeah, that dad, this isn't exactly his type of fishery though. Like I have a little bit of leg up on, on him with this one, but Still, um, it's like almost local water for him and yeah. him and uh, Greg De Palma. He was also in yep. that. So you got two elite series guys that you beat. In yeah. Event. And then all the local guys, I mean, geez, dude, there's like, you know, the Harshmans of the world and Jordan Willivers and the guys that like yeah. know this river, like the back of their hand, like it was it. And I will say this, like everything had to fall into place for that to happen. And I think that in, you know, to actually beat 146 guys or whatever it was that like you do have to just have everything kind of fall into place. Like there's a lot of things that are out of your control in the tournament. Like, yeah, you know, I was telling well, whatever KBM variables you can control and execute on, uh, if you're hitting them yeah. on all cylinders, then uh, yeah, you can make it happen. But yeah, yeah, like you're saying, it sometimes it just has to fall into place for you. It never yeah, does I'm, for me. I always, I, <laughs> I'm always a shit show. It's just there. yeah, yeah. There's a tournament. There's a tournament back home that I fish every year. It's on like my home river, and uh, I fished it like the last twelve years. And I've gotten, I've never fin. It's usually you know anywhere between like sixty and a hundred guys will fish it, and I like I've never gotten worse than fourth but I have never won it. Like I've gotten second, like four times I've gotten third a bunch. And like, it's taught me that like, and I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm the best fisherman on that river at any given point. Like I think I can, you know, whip about any of them, but dude, it doesn't matter any day. You just have to have everything go right. Like all would have taken is one of those big fish jumping off that bullshad dude. And it would have like wrecked me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like sure. I and, or uh, musky taking your bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, maybe it was a blessing in disguise, though. So maybe you needed to make that. Yeah, I, to, the, uh, to that mag mag slow. Yeah, yeah. it, it could have been, man. But I, you know, I, I think it just like it was cool. Everything happened. I, you know, I brought home the trophy, and like I, I'm just soaking this up, man. Like I'm just really trying to enjoy it. My kids were watching that thing on the awards on tv and they didn't know i was gonna win it and we're like going berserk i got my wife sent me a video them and like it's like dude this is cool dad like won this thing like it was a (laughs) it was fucking awesome dude like it's so cool to for that to happen so i'm just soaking it up man and like um you know taking everything i can in about it and uh yeah dude it's yeah it's cool take it all in that's that's i mean that's kind of one of the special moments uh where you where you have the opportunity to do that and it's awesome to have the awareness to like take it in while you can uh, and not just kind of take it for granted yeah and all like while russ is getting this his phone powered up here i'll take a second to plug my stuff um yeah i'll take a second to plug my stuff so i have you know i host smally talk podcast so if you haven't checked out smally talk and you like smallmouth fishing Hit us, you know, hit us up. We're on all the major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, all that stuff, Smalley Talk Podcast. And then I own a Cheegan brand, which is this, you know, I'm, I think you know what that is, Drab, but it's uh, uh, we're the official brand of smallmouth bass. So yeah, um, that a Cheegan is the um, Algonquin word for smallmouth. So um, so it, the Achigan stands for one one which fights, which is the like I said Algonquin word for yeah, smallmouth. That's, that's dope. Yeah, com. We sell all kinds of smallmouth gear, and then uh, I don't really have any sponsors. Like I'm an ambassador for Wilderness Systems, but I 
I was on the pro team for a while before I think Russ was on it. Um, but I, uh, I fish out of a Hobie, so not really a great ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, not a good look there, but <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to give my, a shout out to my boy, Chris Lemesser. So he's actually the pro staff cool, manager for wilderness systems, but I'm not shouting him out for wilderness systems. I'm shouting him out for his net company, broken twig, because okay. he makes these nets that are, uh, the handles of them are out of recycled carbon fiber hockey sticks. Dude, so, that's awesome. Yeah, he gets, uh, and he's sent me a bunch of them through the years. I have like four or five of them in my garage, and I, I use, I have prototypes of his and stuff. And like I had whispered to him about making an extension handle for the ego nets with one because I was like, everybody has ego nets. I was like, dude, make one that goes in the ego net. And he sent me a prototype, and that's what I netted all my fish with during the tournament. So I wanted to shout out to, to broken twig nets. It, they're the lightest freaking nets you can find on the market. So go check them out. Broken, broken twig landing nets, but that's all I have, man. That's all my plug. So I'll let Russ, Russ has got legit sponsors. So we'll <laughs> let him do that. <laughs> He's got his list prepared now. Uh, you guys hear me? Some... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got you. Yeah. Okay. So I only have like four. I got able to charge four percent on my battery, so better be quick. Oh yeah, make it quick. <laughs> um, you got yeah, it. I'd like to you know thank all all the sponsors that make this possible for me to travel around the country and fish these tournaments. And uh, Torquedo put a big part in this tournament, just covering so much water and uh, been able to just position myself in, in the current and uh, and just being hands free and it, it, yeah, sure beat. Sure beat paddling, which is what I had to do in the Hobie the last time. Just that torpedo definitely uh, played a big part, and um, yeah, burned through a couple batteries a day. I, I definitely put it to use. Um, and a fish out of a wilderness systems attack one twenty. Um, I've had that kayak for for seven years, and yeah. uh, it's it's definitely treated me well. And uh, eye rod fishing, I was throwing that from mag that, uh, attack keeps keeps stacking up. <laughs> It's yeah, just about all my tournaments have been fished out of that. A couple out of the uh, the recon. I used to have a, a Hobie for a little bit too, yeah. uh, and I had a wilderness or a native Titan for a little bit. It was the only kayaks oh. I've owned, but that yeah, wilderness attack has definitely been uh, my go-to for the last number of years. Sure. Uh, I rod fishing. Right. I was throwing uh, that mag draft on the I rod Gen Three. Uh, junior swim rod awesome swim bait rod for like those five to seven inch swim baits definitely one of my favorites uh throwing on 20 pound seagar fluorocarbon <clears throat> uh like think um yak attack for all the great uh, kayak accessories uh they make just rod holders and uh, <clears throat> camera mounts and, and the black pack and new yeah. you know, newly designed black pack earlier this year and it was put out things awesome everybody's been loving that uh, catch outdoors and uh, local kayak shop here in Nashville, Tennessee, Music City Outdoors. Uh, and oh, of course, Dakota Lithium. <laughs> so you got a, you got now you got your wall there. You can turn. I around can look, turn around and look. I, yep. All right, got them all. Uh, yeah. Dakota Lithium. Yeah, Dakota Lithium batteries are awesome. They do so much, not just for me and and my friends that I travel around with. They take care of our lodging and also are just such a huge uh supporter for for all kayak fishing probably the biggest supporter of kayak fishing i'd say yeah, so no definitely definitely great for for stormy and dakota lithium and all that they do yeah well I'd, we appreciate you having having you on man uh it's gl always glad to have you on and <clears throat> i mean 
hopefully this all this slander i guess that's going around gets sorted out i hate to see that for you because yeah uh, it's not just me it's a a number it's a number of anglers and and it's you know a lot of people have told me even it's like ah just ignore it just ignore it and I, i have for a while and uh, and I truly feel like I'm I'm speaking for the the majority of the kayak community when I when I state these things. It's not just me, and a lot of yeah. people aren't as vocal about it. But and then in their defense, KBN does a lot of their their entertaining podcasts. They do they do some some good for the sport too. They bring things to light that need to be talked about. Uh, but sometimes they just need to do it in a more professional manner and get you know all the facts and and do it in a fair way where it's not done to just stir the pot for their own personal benefit and interests i hope they do that if they do do that then i will support them but for now i will not well i don't don't blame you there but uh i feel like as even like if they do end up making rule changes or doing any of that kind of stuff you still see the same people up at the top of the leaderboard yeah, because uh, they're—I mean—they're proven that they—they're just great anglers, no matter what situation you put them in. So, oh, that's awesome! Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from seven to ten p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. Um. Hopefully it yeah. gets all sorded out, and I, I hope, hope they, so. Uh... I don't, you know, I'd also like to, to yeah, congratulate you again, Josh, for for all that you did. Your your story was was amazing, man. You was a very yeah. well deserved it, win. It's cool man. to see I, the, uh, I guess the little guy win in these like. I never gets the the hammers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I I never mind losing to uh, you know to to somebody somebody like you who just you know carries himself well and just seems like a really genuine you know nice guy. So thanks, uh, dude. I'll see you see you at the championship. Oh, oh he I think died. We lost him. <laughs> if I can if I can find some freaking smallmouth, I'm gonna make some noise up out in Oklahoma here in uh, March. On so. the ten killer. Oh, that's another thing. That I mean the. Uh schedule got released uh yesterday yes, for Bassmaster, and it looks yep. like they're going back to susquehanna but a different time it was july yep. 28th or something like that yeah if there's here. if there's water it'll be good dude it's just that time of year you can get low water so we'll we'll see what happens uh last year the hobie event there was literally no water in that river and it was super frustrating although now i know how to fish it when there's no water i learned the hard way um yeah you gotta you gotta go find pockets but um yeah dude it's i'm not fishing anything but the susky and the july the, 27th uh, 28th yeah. yeah that's like can be one of those times where it can be really good or it could just be like no water so um it's that's an Hopefully interesting they get- they get some rain because it sounds like the current and everything there. I mean, most rivers fish that way anyway. But yeah, that current really turned it on uh, on day two. I mean, the whole the whole event really. Oh uh, yeah, dude! Like you get flushed, you get you know flushed with some water in a, any river. It's gonna you know be really good for a period. Like once it tapers off and it starts to head back down, it's can be tough, really tough. Yeah. But a rise on any river, dude, for smallmouth like it fires them up because it you know gets all that 
critters and stuff flushed up out of their holes and that food's floating everywhere and yeah. they uh they they go berserk for a little bit so so yeah but uh yeah that's i mean so you ended up 194 inches which is like i don't know one of the <laughs> best crazy, yeah that's like a, a killer smallmouth uh limit uh yeah i was told that was the two day two day record on the susky so oh really yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's even cooler uh yeah yeah i mean this is probably record breaking in general for yo total fish yeah total fish and total limits of above a certain inches and stuff like that i mean yep 170 inches was 85 inches a day had you at 30th place that's pretty wild yeah i know man to me (laughs) yeah have you have you been the susky no and it's on my bucket list for sure um yeah you need to go whenever you know it's got some water in it look at the flow i mean you can hit me up dude i'll i'll tell you what's good and what's not uh as far as when to go but it's the susky set up to fish extremely well over the probably the next seven or eight years because the spawns have been mm-hmm. like crazy good over the last few years and those fish are just starting to get more and more plentiful and yeah. it's only going to get better than it is right now like that's, that's it is good news it's good to hear yeah because it had a couple down years um like 2019 2020 i think it was kind of sucky and then mm-hmm. i think 2021 it started to climb back and it's back at full force right now and it is going to get nothing. I mean, it was shocking the amount of small fish I caught like mixed in with those like monsters during practice. Like there was a ton of small fish that are just, what kind of like limits and stuff do they have on that river? Do you know? Catch and release only. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So the main stem is catch and release only. If you go up above the, main stem into the branches you can keep fish and they usually don't have that in bounds but this tournament they had a bunch of the north and west branch in bounds um and then put the lower limit where the juniata comes in um which you can usually fish down under harrisburg you couldn't fish harrisburg this time um so it was a kind of a different uh stretch that you that was in in play for this one um it was interesting but uh if you go the main stem those where it's at like the main stem from the fiber dam all the way down to harrisburg it's like you can't miss you can put it in any place yeah any place zigzag around the river and yep and you can wreck them dude like you can wreck them i mean in certain places you know you might not wreck as many 19s or whatever but like 17s and 18s dude are just like that river is flush with them man like it's that's crazy that's cool that it has the forage and everything to support that too yeah yeah it's cool river dude highly recommend it so well i have to i have to make a trip out there sometime and i'm looking at these nets too they're pretty sweet yeah chris's nets are really really yeah. cool dude so yeah uh, well cool man i appreciate having you on and having the opportunity to talk with you about uh your win here uh yeah dude yeah Friggin', uh, your excitement about, about baby it. home i'm gonna yeah this, this is gonna be off. 
Yeah, it's gonna. It was riding around the car with me the last couple of days. I've just shown random people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we lost Russ here, but uh, again, crack, congratulations to him uh, for yeah. winning the Angler of the Year um, uh, at this event. Uh, that's also pretty cool. Yeah, that's a really big that. accomplishment, dude. That's c- consistency, dude. That's what wins those. So yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I got a couple of. Uh, tournaments i gotta run through here that happened over the weekend let me get these pulled back up uh not as much not as typical stuff you you're welcome to stay on if you want to but uh i'll probably drop off man because i'm gonna go eat some dinner with the fam so yeah um well yeah appreciate having you on again uh yeah man yeah for sure anytime again sometime about a fishing yep Anytime you want to talk about smallmouth, dude, just uh, just holler at me. So, all right, <laughs> yeah. the smaller right. guy. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Well, good good meeting, good meeting yeah. you, dude. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk soon though. So, yeah, we'll see it. All right, man. See you. Bye. All right, starting to wrap up this show here. Um, awesome having those guys on. They're great people, um, and unfortunate to see what's happening with. Russ and uh, Josh too. Um, people trying to slander their and degrade their wins and their accomplishments, but those guys are great guys, and uh, it's awesome to see what they've been able to accomplish. Uh, but without further ado, we got some events that other events that happened over the weekend. Um, we had the Ontario Kayak Bass Trail 2023 Hogtober Challenge. Uh, as a three-day tournament, dang, three-day, uh, five fish limit across three days, so your best five across the three days. Uh, all public Canadian waters are eligible. Wow. 32 anglers, five fish limit. Wow. <laughs> uh, first place, Rob Baginski with 102 and three-quarter inches. Uh, second place, Adam Hammond with 99 and a quarter inches. Third place was Thomas Palenziski. Butchered that, I'm sorry. Uh, It's 97 inches. Uh, Some massive limits uh, coming out of Canada there. Uh, After that, we got the Foothills Kayak Anglers of North Carolina event. Lake Norman, uh, Hickory, North Carolina. 38 anglers, three fish limit. We had uh, first place was Austin Bang with 53 and a quarter inches. Second place was Mark Linden with 50 and three quarter inches. And third place was Alex Van Dyke with 50 and three quarter inches. Uh, After that, we got the 2023 Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing Southern Division. Event number four on Santee Cooper. Um, 30 anglers, four fish limit. Uh, Four fish, okay. The first place was Ryan Thompson with 73 inches. What's that? Divide like 20-something inches. Wow, that's, those are the pretty good limits. 19-inch average or 18-inch average, something like that. Uh, second place was Frank Wolf with 71 and three-quarter inches. Oh, it's actually a tie, so I'm guessing there's a big fish, big fish tiebreaker there. Uh, third place is Jason Broach with 71 and three-quarter inches as well. Uh, then we already covered this, but it's the Bassmaster Kayak Series event number five. 
on the Susquehanna River um, two-day tournament. 146 anglers, five fish limit. Uh, first place, Josh Schrenko with the 194 inches. Second place, Russ Snyder's with 191 and quarter inches. And third place is Jordan Welliver with 190 and a half inches. Um, some giant limits coming out of the Susquehanna this past weekend. Um, and I want to say it was like 1,700 fish total. So it was like a, basically a, a 12 fish per person in the event. Um, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> After that, we got the 2023 Texas Bass Nation Kayak Championship on Possum Kingdom, uh, which I think Bassmaster's going back to, yep, yeah, Bassmaster's going back to Possum Kingdom in April of next year, so we may have to have uh, Steve or someone on to talk about next year's schedule uh, with Bassmaster. Uh, anywho, uh, we'll see what Possum Kingdom's producing in October. Uh, we had 51 anglers, five fish limit. Uh, first place with Dale Griffin with 87 and three quarter inches. Uh, second place was Guillermo Gonzalez familiar name there with 87 and three quarter inches and uh third place is philip wyatt uh he was on our show just last week i believe uh, with 85 and three quarter inches so congrats to him uh, on that one no it wasn't last week it was the week before. i can't remember it was one of the weeks we just had him on recently but uh anyways after that we got another event on possum kingdom 2023 Lone Star Throwdown uh, is the best in Texas party disguised as a tournament. <laughs> uh, we had 126 anglers, so it's a pretty big event with five fish limit. These must have been like concurrent events. Uh, first place in that was Jacob Mahler with 96 and a quarter inches. Uh, that's Closer to what I expect out of Possum Kingdom after the event we covered earlier this season. Um, to be fair, that one was uh, in the spring, but <clears throat> glad to see there's still big fish there. Uh, second place was Eric Simeon with 88 inches with a 23 and a half in his limit. Freaking monster. Um, third place is Brandon Maley with 87 and three quarter inches. Um, good lord uh jeff white coming in with a 24 and a quarter tim rodman with a 23 and a half and aaron purdy with a 23 so lots of big fish still out there um after that we got the grassroots bass yak and lake series uh 2023 championship on pataka lake indiana two-day tournament 83 anglers five fish limit uh, first place was Brian Sparks with 143 inches. Uh, second place was White Guard with 141 and three quarter inches. And third place was Nate Godwin with 130 and a quarter inches. So a little bit of a rougher event out there, but uh, still some pretty solid fish, I guess. Eh, those are kind of small limits, but. Um, Glad to see people are figuring them out in what may have been tougher conditions for them. Uh, the Arkansas Kayak Angler State Championship on twenty on 
Greer in Greer's Ferry. Where was this at? I guess Greer's Ferry, Arkansas. Uh, Two-day tournament, 52 anglers, five-fish limit. Uh, first place was Krista Hibbs with 159 inches. Second place was Chris Jones with 158 inches. And third place is Bruce Stafford with 155 and a half inches. So that is it for our wrap-up. All the it sounds like all the championships and stuff are getting done this past weekend and probably for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but for the most part, most people's seasons are starting to wrap up, getting closer to the holidays. Uh, I know there's a couple of tournaments that'll still be happening. Uh, we got one in December on Del Hollow. That's a good one. That if anybody's listening, they ought to make it out to that. Uh, we usually have like a hundred or so anglers show up for that. Uh, but other than that, it's starting to get the time where we start getting schedules released, Bassmaster release theirs. Uh, from what I've heard, Hobie's going to release theirs soon, and uh, I imagine they're going to do it at the TOC uh, in November coming up. Uh, and we got KBF Trail Series Championships coming up, I think on Gunnersville. Probably going to have Chris or uh, Russ back on after that event <laughs> uh, and probably after the TSC. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, good luck to everybody else fishing championships. And uh, with that, we'll see you next time. Without further ado. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.